found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, I have Chris Nicholas on. Uh, You'll know him on Instagram and YouTube. Yep. Yeah, I'm on YouTube. It is a different name than the Instagram. Uh, So Instagram, Philadelphia Exotics, as well as you have a Facebook page. Um, You tend to organize some events, correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, nothing too crazy. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we like to get together and do small drives. Or if Mm -hmm. uh, there's a large event happening nearby, we'll uh, sort of piggyback off that and do a cruise event to the, whatever event is happening nearby. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you probably know Mike Grasso. He was just yeah. on last week. Oh yeah, uh, I know he's he's a frequenter of a lot of shows. So yes, I'm sure you guys have crossed paths all the time, all the time. Yeah, I see Mike uh, almost any if I'm out, Mike's out. I mean, yeah, he's out more than I am. He's out at everything. So and he's covering. Yeah, it all. It, it's pretty common when I'll see like stories and posts on Instagram where you're both at the same event posting like a lot of the same cars. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, I could probably count four to five people that I follow that, um, are usually at the same event. So, yeah, it's, it's, I try to get out to as much as I can. Um, just, just because of the page, obviously people kind of, I think they kind of expect a little bit of content for some of the local stuff. So I try and get out and make sure I cover what I can. So, okay. Um, I believe you and I have a little bit of a car connection. You have a Cayman, right? Yeah, that's correct. I actually, I believe it or not, I just sold it on cars and bids. So okay. it is officially leaving the garage. Uh, sadly, I, I like, I have a, a horrible car addiction where I just hmm. can't stop trying different cars out. So the time kind of came where I was like, okay, I'd like to try something new, but the Cayman is just, it's perfect. As you know, it's such a great car. Yeah. I really enjoy mine. How how long did you have it? Uh, only a year. <laughs> okay. One, which is actually longer than I've had a lot of cars before it. So uh, I really thought I was going to keep this one uh, for a long time. But um, I drove a friend's like 981 Cayman GTS. And I was mm. like, wow, this, it, it like, it's even, it, it gets even better. And I was like, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll go back to a Cayman and I'll try one of those, but I could even see myself owning another 987. They're just okay. awesome cars. Yeah. I've told my wife already that, cause I really like the car and ideally I think I'd like to get it paid off and then get something else to replace it or, or keep alongside of it. Yeah. Um, but I said to her, if I'd ever upgrade the Cayman, it would really, I feel like the 981 GTS would be a sweet spot for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, you know. they're so, they're so great. I mean, obviously the GT four is amazing, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the price bit difference, what you get for the GTS is pretty close. Um, obviously you get a lot of the GT four goodies in those cars. You can get a GT four shifter put into it. So you get the really good mm. crisp shifts, um, and they just drive so well, uh, and they make good power. I, I believe the, uh, GTS makes, I can't, I think it's 340 horsepower. So, um, pretty strong engine. They sound mm-hmm. great, very comfortable car. Um, and even with the electric steering, the 981 is really, uh, I think Porsche's electric steering is definitely the best I felt in any modern car for sure. In terms of that was actually going to be my next question is being that you've been able to drive a 987 and a 981 how does the steering compare because they did go from hydraulic to to electric and a lot of companies weren't successful at that transition when it comes to driver's cars right right uh i can definitely attest to that i had a 2013 bmw m5 i know we we talked about that a little bit uh, but for the listeners i had a 2013 m5 and it was one of the very rare six-speed manual cars uh, and that had one of the early iterations of BMW's electric steering. And um, I just, I personally was, was not a fan at all. Uh, I, I was very harsh on it in some of my YouTube videos where I critiqued it. And, um, you know, some of the other modern cars, the electric steering isn't too bad. It's not spectacular. But, but Porsche, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it feels great. Um, I mean, you know, you know, it's electric steering. I think it's kind of. The, the 987's hydraulic steering is definitely irreplaceable, um, but I, I wouldn't, I mean, with the back road driving that I do, I don't do anything crazy. 
uh, it's more than plenty, the, the electric steering that Porsche provides. It's really great. Um, the most important thing for me is uh, just having a, an, an accurate steering feel and like really just feeling like the input is direct. And it definitely does that. And that's most okay. important to me. So you mentioned cars and bids. Uh, how did that experience go for you? Yeah, so cars and bids was interesting. Um, I listed the car with a really close friend of mine who's a dealer. Um, he took care of the listing and representing the car for me. So um, consider it sort of like a consignment type of thing. Um, but the I think the it, it got a lot of reach going through cars and bids. And it's nice knowing like you can sort of watch the auction happen as like bids come in. Um, within the last 10 minutes, I was definitely like kind of biting my nails. I was like, um, I don't know, like this price seems kind of low. Like I was a little anxious. And then as the time started, started crunching down, the bids started coming in. Um, I will say the one thing that drives me nuts about those sites is like the, uh, like the peanut gallery comments. There's always someone saying something and they're, they have no intention of bidding. They have no money. They're just on the site saying, I don't know, just like trolling or whatever. But, um, like some guy was commenting that because my car had mods done to it. And I, I think personally, the car is pretty lightly modified. It, it, I mean, it has a, a tune, it has headers and exhaust system and, um, you know, some shifter cables have been upgraded in it. So like very standard, like bolt-on mods for, for the mm-hmm. Porsche world. Um, and he was like, oh, this car is super heavily modified. It isn't a Porsche anymore. It's going to sell for really low. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, you're not even bidding on the car. So just what are you doing? So. I could see that comment if it was like a, I've seen an LS7 or an yeah, LS Yeah, an LS swap. That's very Yeah, like, right. okay, like that's questionable. But, right. you know, an exhaust and a tune and shifter cables, which are known to break. Yes, you know? exactly. So like. Upgraded shifter, yeah. You wow. know, you know, so you know the world very well then. Yeah, because the shifter <laughs> cable thing is a real, is a real issue. So upgrading them is, is in my head sort of just, it's like a perk. It's like a peace of mind thing. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, uh, I, I think. I mean, it's, it's not a cars and bids thing. It's, it's, you see it on bring a trailer, mm-hmm. um, P car market, all the sites. Um, you know, I think people are just bored. They're at home. They're just like commenting what they think. And the sites need to like lock down commenting to anyone that has just placed a bid. And then right. if you have questions about the car, if it's a real Q and a, like those should be published. Cause a lot of times mm-hmm. people do ask valuable questions, but if you're just blurbing a random thing, it's like, it's kind of unneeded in my opinion. Right. So, um, yeah, that was my take. <laughs> okay. Nice. So, what's do you have an idea what's next? It's a great question. So, um, I go back and forth, I feel like every hour with that. Mm. Um, That's relatable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's a delicate uh, balance. Uh, so currently I have a 2011 E90 M3 with okay. the, with the V8 6-speed manual. It is a zero options car. So it even has cloth seats, um, no electronic dampening, no comfort access, no sunroof, no navigation, you know, base speaker system, small wheels, like everything is base, 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 nothing. So that sounds like a great build. Yeah. It's a really, really unique car. And especially for the, the E nineties, the four doors, a lot of people, when they got the four doors, they, they put a lot of options in them. So, um, it's definitely a special car and I'm enjoying it a lot right now. That was Part of my reason for selling the Cayman, I was just spending a lot of time with the M3, just because it's kind of the new, the new toy. It's all you know, mm. the shiny toy in the in the box. So yeah, um, I might keep that for for a little while and just play with that. Um, I have a like a simple uh, axle back exhaust on it, but I might open it up a little more just to tweak it and just do some simple things to clean it up, spruce it up a bit. And I don't know. I, I, the way the thing I really got to focus on now is like securing like a, a nice a nice home. <laughs> so it's like I go back and forth. I'm like, okay, the housing market is still crazy. Like I could get another. I could do like one more like fun car. Um, yeah. I had an Audi R8 in the past. Uh, okay. Just again, just being my irresponsible young self, and uh, it was an awesome car. I loved it to pieces, and I really regretted selling it. So I, I've thought very much into like getting another one but it, it just it starts to feel kind of silly at this age like not having a house and having a, a crazy car I, I did it all I, I had my 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 silly fun so I started yeah. thinking maybe it's time to just have one very very like 
uh, low key car and just, just, and then once, you know, in the future, I'll get something cool like that again. Sure. So, but yeah, my mind's all over the place. So I can't make okay. it up. <laughs> For sure. I, I can definitely take, say I've been there. I know I've driven my wife crazy, um, debating cars on my head and things like oh, that yeah. and trying to ask her opinion. And she's like, until I'm in the test drive with you, I do not want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> right, right. Because it just changes every day. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, if if you're like me. I mean, whenever my friends are over or we're out with friends, it's always me talking about cars. Mm-hmm. So my girlfriend's like, I can't, I can't get away yeah. from this. So uh, exactly. It's nonstop. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the important question is what car sounds better at 7,000 RPM? The Ooh. Cayman or the... That's an excellent, that's a really good question. I actually, this might be even controversial to some people, but I think I would say the Cayman. And I know the M3 has a huge cult following and there's tons of different exhaust setups you can get for them. And they're this screaming V8 and it it is a really, really unique engine. It's such a small displacement and it's, it's a cross plane V8, but it still revs to like, you know, 8,250 RPMs, which is really wild for like a V8. Uh, but the, the Cayman, at least with the setup that I have on it right now, compared to the M3, how I have it, the Cayman is, it just screams. It's such an awesome sound. Uh, we'll have to meet up at some point before, before it changes hands in the next couple weeks. Um, but it, it, it's, you got to hear it. It sounds crazy. It's really, really good. I would love to because I mean, I would. I've considered an exhaust sometimes. I'm torn between. So when I was um, in my early twenties, I had yeah. a Mustang, awesome. and it had the four point six liter, yeah. and it actually the prior owner had put Flowmaster mufflers on it, so it nice. sounded perfect. Great. Um, but growing up, like when I was a teenager, I had like this twenty, and this is in the late nineties. I had this twenty five thousand dollar build sheet for when I got my Fox body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I say that to say back in the day, like you could get a catback exhaust for a Mustang where you have two pipes going two thirds of the length of the car. Yep. And it was like, then it was like a thousand dollars. So now it's probably like 1500, 2000. Yep. I don't know. Whereas a decent exhaust for the Cayman is two plus. Yep. And it's, it's not uh, two mufflers and, 20 inches of pipe on each side and i i find it hard to justify that it it is yeah it's definitely in when you look at it that way i actually tax oh yeah 100 percent. i haven't even thought of it that way but yeah there's definitely way less material because obviously the engine's in the back there um but i think when you hear one it just i mean it changes everything is does Mm -hmm. your car have a stock exhaust on it right now it's pure stock pure stock yeah, you, you gotta you gotta try it once or hear it once, and it just it, it will ruin you. Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be like on going straight home and googling what what parts to get. But I actually had a, a 987.1. Um, I bought that one used. That was like my first like fun like car that I had treated myself to, and that had a set of um, Fab Speed headers and a Fab Speed X pipe on it. And that was it was just like the the one I have now. I mean, it sounds it, the 97.1 has a much different tone for sure, mm. but just as much a screamer. I mean, it sounded awesome. Such a great, it sounded like a little GT3. It was crazy. Mm. Um, and they're such great cars. I mean, yeah, it's so fun. So your current one, is that a dot two? It is a dot two. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it has the, whatever the, the, the DFI engine and, yeah. um, you know, I think, uh, it's like some other small like exterior tweaks, like the the, the rear light, tail lights are LED instead, and you know yeah. stuff like that. So, but otherwise, pretty much, I think the chassis and everything is pretty much unchanged. Mm-hmm. Do you know if the so on the dot one there's like a torque dip in the mid to low RPM? Is that the same with the the dot two engine? Well, that's a good. That's a good question. I'm actually not sure, but I I do okay. believe I remember hearing about the torque dip on the uh, the dot ones. The dot one I had was tuned and everything too. It was all mm-hmm. popped up, so um, I didn't uh, notice anything out of out okay. of the ordinary. But um, I think I remember reading that was a, a common thing people try to get rid mm-hmm. of with tunes is that that torque dip. Um, I almost feel like that is common though, just in in other models even uh, for Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, and it must be like a, a boxer style engine thing because right. Subaru's got it too. So yeah. Um, I, the reason I was asking is because you've had a tune on your Caymans. 
I didn't know if you had driven them before the tune was there and noticed the difference. No, I, I didn't get to both my cars. I got them the way they are. I, I, okay. That's generally how I buy cars. Like I'll, I'll buy a car that has some light work done to it just mm. because I'm like you, you see the prices for the, the parts and you like, it's just kind of as a blow to the gut. So, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to experience the, the two worlds of, yeah. uh, you know, before and after. I'm, I'm yeah. sure it would make a big difference. I think the, the dot one that I had actually, they put it on a dyno and it put down 305 horsepower at the wheels, which is okay. pretty strong for those. I think stock they're 295 at the crank. So, um, I believe you're right. someone eked out, you know, probably another 40 crank, 50 crank horsepower. Uh, mm-hmm. so pretty impressive. Yeah. And I've, I've been considering getting a tune for mine sure. since I daily drive it, yeah. um, to help with that that torque dip in the low to mid rpm for just drivability reasons um because i think the torque increases by 20 or 30 pound feet oh yeah you would um, notice that right it right sure. in the, right in the juicy spot so and it you know tunes while it's not as much power as like a turbocharged car you know um that's really usable torque difference so that's awesome you daily been, drive it that's a great daily I do 12,000 a year on it. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. See, you know, it's funny. I, I Back to cars and bids. I, I am including a set of uh, winter, a winter set of OZ wheels with, and, or they're a spare set of OZ wheels, but I got them years ago with the dot one and mm. the guy sold them to me with winter tires on. And I ended up, I barely used them on the dot one before I sold it. Uh, and I just kept them all these years because I kind of knew I would get another Cayman again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I'm including them with the sale. I never even had them on this car and someone commented, you know, like crying faces and they're like, Oh my God, he has winter tires. And I was like, it's Porsches. You can drive them in the winter. It's not going to yeah. melt. So I'm in a couple of Porsche groups on Facebook. And, yeah. Um, it always comes up about driving your car in the winter. And I put it this way. I had a 2002 golf. Yeah. TDI, yeah. And yeah. Awesome cars. I, I bought that when it was five years old, hundred thousand miles. I drove it until somebody totaled it oh, at, man. what, 14 years old, 280,000 miles. Wow. And there was no rust on the chassis anywhere. Wow. Like, That's impressive. Suspension, the bolts, yeah. the the exhaust hanger, one of them rusted. Um, and there was a chip on the hood that I, I let rust. But there was, like, no chassis rust. Compare that to, like, you know, an, an American, like, um, a Cobalt. Right, you know, eighty thousand miles. You look underneath one of those; it looks like it lived in a salt bath for twenty right. years. Right. Um, but I, my argument on those on those groups, which is you know just keyboard warriors, basically, <laughs> of course. is you know if if that car can survive being driven twenty thousand miles a year in the Northeast, and there's almost no rust on it, I'm pretty sure a Porsche is going to be engineered the same or better. It's much better, and is not going to be you know, susceptible to things like that. I've, yeah. I mean, of course this is anecdotal, but uh, mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've heard plenty of times that a uh, Porsche's rust proofing is pretty much like top notch. I mean, think, think of uh 20 year old cars, like the old KNs, even like an 0405 KN, 996, 911s. You don't see a spot of rust on any of those cars. I've never seen mm-hmm. a single 911, a KN, a Cayman with even a, a paint bubble from rust. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't see it. Um, and as long as you wash the car, like, you know, mm-hmm. a couple times, you know, if it's, if it gets salty and you're driving it in a winter storm, you should wash it off. But, yeah. uh, as long as you wash it off, you're probably okay. So you can do yeah. like a full rust proofing if you're really that crazy about it. But I don't know. I bought, I buy my cars to drive them. I'm not, uh, yeah. they don't melt. It's okay. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Love the show and want to help it grow. Now you can head over to patreon.com slash winding roads podcast. You'll find posts with show updates as well as be able to select your support tier. With three tiers to choose from, you can simply support the show, get a shout out, or even make a special request and join me for a drive in our own cars. I appreciate your support. It truly means a lot and will go a long way to helping deliver a better show for you. Um, we should probably move on to sure. or from from Caymans and things like that, because <laughs> apparently we could talk about that forever. Right. <laughs> um Something about you. Uh, what What's the first thing you think of? Your first car memory, like earliest memory you can think of related to a car. Oh yeah, it's, I I know it immediately. Um, my my great aunt, um, 
She's from Greece and she was a, uh, she's still, she's still alive. I shouldn't say was, <laughs> I don't know, but, but when she was much younger, she was really into cars. Um, she, she would always have a cool car. Uh, so when I was, I mean, my earliest car memories is going to her house in Long Island and every time we would go, she'd have something new. So I remember she had, uh, and this is when I was younger. So probably the very early two thousands, maybe even like late nineties, like 99, she had a a C5 Corvette convertible. Uh, and then after that, it was a Mustang GT convertible. And then she went on a Mercedes kick. She got a CLK 320 convertible and then a, oh, nice. and a CLK 350 convertible. And then she went to the CLK 500 with the AMG Sport package and the V8. And it was, you know, blue metallic with the blue matching top. And I was like, and I had the big AMG wheels on it from, from the factory. And I was like, I just think back. I mean, she 100% was, uh, I don't know what it was. I, I still remember riding around in that Mustang uh, when she got it. And it was like, Something, something just clicked like on that day. I just like knew I really liked cars. She, that was the first time someone made cars fun for me. Um, you know, putting the top down, I was sitting shotgun with her, you know, we're just cruising around her neighborhood and it was like such a blast. So, um, I 100% like I credit like my early infatuation with cars to her. I don't, I don't, I wonder sometimes like if, if that, if she wasn't into cars, if I would be as crazy as I am about them now. Wow. That's yeah. that's a cool story. Yeah, and it's it's unusual, like not unusual, but like it's not typical too. Like usually it's oh, you know, my dad did this or um, some some road trip with my family. So um, that's that's a really cool story. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's. I mean, her most re- she can't even she can't drive anymore. But um, I just recently helped her sell. Uh, she her her I guess uh, her most recent car was a 2017. It was a C300 convertible, but it was still uh, a really cool spec. It was the, you know, again, the AMG sport package. So it had these sort of like turbine looking wheels on it. Uh, and it was white with a red top and an all red interior. And, uh, okay. you know, some, some like white, white trim pieces and, and stainless steel. It was like really cool. So she definitely had um, like great taste and, and stuff in terms of like picking out really just interesting spec cars. Like that blue on blue CLK 500 was just so cool to me. I'd, I'd never seen another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is is really cool, and it, I think even uh, I remember my dad telling me stories of when he met my mom and met my aunt, and you know, eventually uh, she had a DeLorean like DMC twelve back in the day. She would drive around, so that's awesome. Yeah, so she was yeah she was a car nut for sure. So I'm wow. I'm uh, I'm keeping the tradition alive in our family. <laughs> yeah, wow, that, that's that's pretty good history to try to keep up with. Oh yeah, no, it's it's tough. Uh, and I think her going through cars all the time, definitely, uh, that was probably bad influence on me to keep just, <laughs> now I do the same <laughs> thing. So we mentioned earlier, you attend a lot of events, you organize a few, is there an event that you look forward to specifically? Oh, um, I think so. I mean, if we're talking just grand scheme of things now, uh, I went to Monterey car week, uh, okay. out in California. Uh, what was that in August? So, um, me and my, my close car buddies went out there and it was like, I mean, honestly, life changing. It was incredible. Uh, if you haven't been, or for anyone listening, if you haven't been in near car nut, it's like, it's just, it's just the Mecca. I mean, there's just million dollar cars casually rolling everywhere. Um, I mean, your head's just on a swivel. You're looking every direction, breaking your neck, trying to, you know, take a photo of this, look at that. And, you know, you see a, you know, if you see a 488 piece and you're like, ah, that's nothing that there's a LaFerrari coming down the street over here. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's nuts what you see out there. And of course, um, Monterey's like, you know, the landscape and the scenery of everything just makes it all the more, at least for us, I mean, being in the Northeast, I mean, you see the crazy cypress trees and the, mm-hmm. you know, the cloudy beaches and these cars just roaming around. It's like, it's just, it's like otherworldly. It's awesome. Yeah. So I, I absolutely look forward to that. Uh, and then as far as like local stuff goes, um, I really like the the mainline cars and coffee event. So I've been going to those, I think just because that event seems to get the best cars out for, for yeah. us uh, in terms of like local stuff. Sure. I mean, just yesterday there was a, like a yellow Senna, you know, couple, I mean, there's always multiple Aventador SVJs, tons of, mm-hmm. tons of just crazy, uh, like high end exotics, F40s. There was a speed tail yesterday. 
Um, so being able to go to that is, is a good time, especially because like everyone comes out. So it's always, you know, we, we usually do a little group up meet in King of Prussia and then shoot down to, to Mainline or Bryn Mawr where it is and uh, group up there. So it's a good time. Yeah. Nice. I was going to say that they just had their second to last one yesterday. Yeah, it's either it's either second to last or the last, but you, you probably know more than I. I. I wasn't even there yesterday. I was I was on the sidelines looking at Instagram stories going, okay. man, I wish I was there right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember um, someone telling me recently that they're going to have one in like two weeks instead of like, I guess they normally do like end of the month or right. once a month. They're going to have one or maybe early November okay. before it before gets it's cold actually again. Cold. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a good idea. Yeah. And I'm sure like these last couple, they're starting to dwindle down a little bit too as people start storing Putting their stuff cars. Away. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the non-daily drivers, everyone's wrapping them up for the for the winter. Your story kind of backs up what I've heard about Monterey's. It takes about 20 minutes to become jaded by seeing a random, Oh yeah. you know, you see three Ferraris and they're like, you know, 488s or whatever and it's like okay they're you know it's like looking at civics right (laughs) right it's so it's so funny i mean like the just so the first day we were there we went into downtown monterey um and you know we parked in a parking garage and we just go around a corner i mean there's all these cars just street parked it was like a it was really cool like tan monaco yeah it was like monaco it was like this tan 612 sky yeti like a the ferrari and I just couldn't stop looking at it because it was just, it was tan. It was such a weird yeah. spec. I was like, this is awesome. I, I like really weird stuff like that. So yeah. like that's, that's, that's what I want. I want the weird, like quote unquote, ugly stuff. No one wants like, I just love that stuff. So I was looking at that across the street. There was like a, um, a yellow 996 GT2 and then, you know, a crazy, you know, Pista, Speciale. And I'm like looking at these cars and my friends that had been at Monterey before, they're like, oh, dude, like, what are you doing? We, we got to go. Like, there's nothing. This is nothing. You know, snap, yeah. Snap your picks. Let's go. We got more stuff to see. <laughs> now, uh, Laguna Seca is right around the corner, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Did you have a chance to get there? I did not. Uh, I was meeting up with a friend who lives in the Bay Area and we were doing, I we just ended up going back to Monterey so he could see it because he had not been before. But okay. um, my, my close friends all, they did a little group trip out to Laguna Seca. And I mean, it, I, I was very jealous that I didn't make the decision to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got to see like an F1 GTR go through the corkscrew and take Ooh. pictures of it and everything. And uh, they said the the noise there was like just insane. I mean, it was just ear shattering, but like just everything every car guy wants to hear is one of those cars going all out, you know, foot to the floor. Mm-hmm. They have a, a decibel limit at the track. I don't know what it is, but not there are a lot of cars that are factory you know, we'll, or kind we'll of avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're excluded from that track yep. just right off the bat. Yeah. I know like motor trend has said they've had issues over the years trying to test cars there because of the, the volume. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I think the day that they, my friends went, it was a 105 decibel race limit. And I, I found that a, a, just sort of a fascinating thing. I I'm personally not too invested in just like the race racing world, like I, and, mm-hmm. which is sort of contrary to being a car guy, but um, I didn't realize there were different days designated for different decibel levels. Like, I guess I'm not quite sure how that works with like the township or the ordinances, but I found that very interesting. Like there was, you know, a 90 decibel day and, you know, 95. And then the day that they went, it was 105. So it's, it, it is kind of cool that they're allowed to, I guess, get loud sometimes, but right. the track was there first before all those neighborhoods <laughs> got put in. So I think that the track should be able to do what it wants. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When I first heard about it, I'm like, really, you're going to put a limit on it? But I mean, I can see it if you live nearby the track, but you moved into somewhere that's near a track. Like you have to. It's like when I grew up, there was this house across the street from a from a, a gun club. Yeah. You know, and it's like they know they're living across the street from a gun club. So, but at the same time, I guess since they don't do a lot of professional like stuff there like formula one doesn't go there right i think it's mostly like um smaller events they just probably narrow it down to a few days a week as opposed to having people do random track days with open headers and stuff like that yeah i can i can appreciate it too i mean i i I mean even being a car guy you want your your peace and quiet so you can you know just have a quiet day I'm, i'm sure um but but yeah i mean Ultimately, the, the people moving into those homes should 
recognize, hey, we're we're moving here and it is close to a loud mm. thing. I mean, that's that's the trade off. So, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, that's uh, that's how I guess the government works. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like Monterey was probably your your gem of the year for shows. Absolutely, gem yeah. gem of my life probably for yeah. shows. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, um, and and I I was thinking in my head I would go once and then I would be like content to not go for you know maybe another ten years or something. I would just just kind of make it a, a a very infrequent thing, but. After that trip, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go back uh, next year already. Like, I'm I'm ready to do it again." So, it was awesome. I've heard stories about something called the quail. Did you have a chance to get there? I we did not get into the quail, but I will share a, 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 a very interesting story about how we got into Pebble Beach. So, okay, um, we ended up meeting the former mayor of uh, Carmel, California, on the street. He just saw us looking at a car that belonged to a friend of his and he saw a bunch of um, young kids with nothing to do on vacation. And he said, well, if you want to go to Pebble beach, um, I know you guys, they need some volunteer help down at Pebble beach getting set up for the show. If you want to get in, um, they'll give you tickets. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I've, I've never been to Pebble beach. So, and we're on this trip. We didn't have any of the tickets to get into Pebble. I think we're, $550. The quail is like $1,500 or like $2,000. So, um, we did the volunteer work. We just helped set up like a, like a food stand. We just like, you know, putting drinks away, setting up refrigerators, ketchup dispensers, all sorts of stuff. And, um, at the same time we're watching Koenigsegg set up their like booths. They have like 15, you know, like Jesco's, Ajeras, Regeras, like going across the lawn, revving and stuff getting set up um it was like really wild like we would just i just wanted to like run over and like go look at the cars but we're trying to help uh volunteer yeah but but yeah all said and done you know we did like i think we did like four hours of, of volunteering and um yeah they gave us tickets and we went the next day it was awesome nice so what koenigsegg has the best door opening oh, mechanism. Easily. i completely like agree. yeah like everybody's wowed by the the gold wings on like a Murchilago or something, but you see a Koenigsegg open its door and that's just the end all. It, there's it's, no contest. They're, they're just, I think just, it's tough to say that they're the best, but like if I wanted the most insane car I could get, it would be a Koenigsegg. I mean, I, the performance statistics of those cars are nuts. The way they look, the way they sound, the doors, I mean, they're just I, even just like simple stuff. Like I love how the windshield wiper points straight up and down when they're mm. like when it's at its off position. It just looks it just it just adds to it. I don't know. What yeah. a wild car! And the engineering they put into those cars is nuts. I mean, I remember watching them do carbon fiber wheels. I mean, they were. Um, I, I think probably one of the first times I saw carbon fiber wheels being put on a road car, not like a race car. And I was, mm. like, you know, watching Christian demonstrate how they bake the wheels and everything. And I was like, what? This is like, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought, you know, it was yeah. so mind blowing to me. So I think I've seen that video. That was, that was definitely impressive. Right. So cool. And I'm, you may have seen the video. There's a video of, um, do you watch Rob Ferretti at all? Or have you, have you seen his videos? Mm-hmm. So he's, no. he's, uh, one of my more favorite YouTube channels, super speeders, Rob, he's been making videos for, you know, probably, Long before YouTube, he would even make like DVDs of supercars back in the early 2000s. And uh, he had a chance to go to the factory and they took an, uh, an Ajera RS out and they're going like 120 miles an hour down a, a runway and they just start throwing the steering wheel back and forth as hard as they can. And the car just won't lose control. It just, it just you know, kind of fishtails and stabilizes. So huh. seeing that, it was like that really spoke a lot to me or you know spoke volumes about how impressive those cars are in terms of handling and what they can do i mean you have a 1400 horsepower car that you can just throw the wheel on as hard as you can and it just you know it, it remains calm and collected it was, it was nice. yeah are they what, what engines are they using are they using like mercedes v12s like no no like, they're 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 in-house made i think oh, yeah i think they're just twin turbo v8s that they make in-house okay. so um pagani is the one that does they do the yeah. amg v12s but yeah um 
Yeah, I think I be, I'm 99. I know they're twin turbo V8s. I'm 99% sure that they're in-house built and engineered okay. and everything. And they make, you know, like crazy power. I think the the, yeah. the Regera makes even more than 1,400 horsepower or something. It's just it's nuts. So. Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about, about Koenigsegg's. Um, I know a couple of their models, and uh, I think the door is the thing I know about those yeah. cars. And for anyone who doesn't know and hasn't seen one, definitely look it up. It's fascinating to watch. But when you open the door, it pivots. It comes out. I believe, yeah. and then pivots up, and it's just on this big rotator. It, it's it's almost it's transformer like watching it yeah. operate. I mean, it's it's really there's there's absolutely nothing like it for sure. Um, yeah, amazing. Those cars are amazing. So, yeah, it was very cool to see uh, a number of those at Monterey, of course, because that show has everything. <laughs> of course. What do you have planned for next year? Um, do you have any anything coming up as far as shows or? Um, you know, trips, car related, anything like that? Yeah, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, I, I mean, definitely Monterey will do, but that's, that's probably, you know, it's, that's about nine months out at this point, 10 months out. So there's definitely some time. Um, I don't know, actually, it's, I think I'm starting to get kind of, kind of um, like bored with, with the usual cars and coffee stuff, mm. you know, going to a lot and parking and just, you see this, especially if you sort of stay local, you see the same cars all the time. Um, so I want to try and get out more next year. Um, I have a, a buddy who runs a, a really, really big club called Northeast Drivers Club. Um, okay. And they do, you know, it's all up in uh, New York City and um, Long Island and, and North Jersey. So they sort of encompass that radius of, of uh, you know, towns and areas. So but they do a lot of events and they do a lot of driving like sort of focused events. So they, they start in one spot and they, you know, drive, it's like a destination drive to a location mm-hmm. where they, you know, just then they'll do like, you know, they'll hang out and do stuff. But um, I've gone to a few of their events uh, just in this past year and it was a really good time um, being around. Just you get to see a bunch of new cars, new people, meet new people. And obviously drive is, is the best part. So they have, every time I've gone out with them, it's like 50 plus cars on like a highway somewhere, just everyone's cruising together, having a good time. So, um, they do a very, very good job of organizing events. Um, you know, if they, if they have an end location, they, they know the headcount, they make sure there's enough parking spots. A lot of times they organize stuff by car and section and everything. So, um, they're very, like very put together. So, yeah, that um, sounds great. Yeah, it's a good time going to their stuff. It's definitely, um, I mean, the issue for us is just time because it's so far to get out to that those areas. You know, it's like a two-hour sure. drive to New York. So um, a lot of times I don't have the, the ability to get out there, but um, I do I do love being with them whenever I can. So, um, but, and I guess stuff that I'd, lo- I'd like to do local would be just our own, more of our own like driving stuff. I, I've done a couple, um, I think the most I've probably had is, maybe just eight of like sort of my, my, my friends where we'll do, uh, cruises, uh, to and from, you know, destinations, you know, we'll pick a spot and do a drive out. Uh, we did one where we, uh, went all the way out to like new hope, like new hope, Solberry. Um, I grew up in Doylestown. So I was very familiar with all those back roads out there from my days of high school, wandering around in my dad's and mom's cars out there. So, um, it was fun to go through some really nice windy roads through the countryside and, you know, there's beautiful houses everywhere. And, um, you know, we just did that and then rounded out to a back to Doylestown for lunch and went home. So I, I want to try and do more, uh, organize more stuff like that. The challenge sure. there is, um, especially on sort of small, like, you know, municipal, like neighborhood roads, uh, it's, it's tough to have a large group. So, I mean, you're yeah. kind of limited to, uh, like five, maybe 10 people. Uh, and obviously, uh, everyone wants to participate usually in, in those events. So, uh, yeah. for, when you have a big group, you're kind of limited to the highways and a more simple route. So mm-hmm. it's a tough, it's a tough balance, but I definitely think about it a lot. Like what, what can I do to, to get people driving and doing more stuff instead of just pulling up to the same, the same coffee joint and standing around. Have you ever done things, something like, um, autocross or anything like that actually if not i actually i haven't been to a single track event before which is 
that's, you know, maybe that's something I should put on my list is, and I do have a couple of my really close friends go to uh, New Jersey motorsports park very often. And they keep, they're like begging me to come out. They're like, dude, you got to come out. You got to come out. And yeah. I just don't have like, I don't know, like I need to get tires and I have to get a helmet and, and you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big fee to sort of uh, get into it. So yeah, um, we'll see next, next year, depending on what I have, uh, like I should have, I should have tracked the Cayman wall. I had it at, that would have been a good time, but, uh, depending on what's in the garage, I would, I would like to participate in one of those too. What about, what yeah. about you? Do you do anything like that? The, so track days are still a goal for me with the Cayman, um, at least once. I don't want to do it a lot because of in the back of my mind is there's going to be the oil starvation right. and, and potential catastrophe that could ensue with, sure. with that engine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I like to do it a couple of times, but one thing I'd like to get back into is I used to autocross, um, fairly frequently when I had a civic and it's actually a lot of fun. And yeah. There's a lot lower, um, barrier of entry. Like you yeah. pretty much need a helmet and I think it's like 40 bucks for a day. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's it's a lot different because you're driving like a minute at a time. Right. Um, but it's still fun. You still get to learn some car control and you're racing the clock. You're racing some other people in your same class and kind of like there is still a benchmark there. Right. It's much lower speed. It's a lot easier on consumables like tires and brakes. So yeah. for for someone that's more casual, if you can suffer through doing like – the track work because you have to be a helper around the track when you're, when, when it's not, not your group. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's still a lot of fun. I actually got a friend of mine from high school addicted to it. He, <laughs> he went to an event with me with his, I forget what he had. at the, I think he had his IS 300 at the time. And then for the next five or six years, he actually autocross prepped that. Oh, awesome. Um, nice. And he was, he was still, I think he's moved on to something else now, but he's still into autocross and I'm like, I need to get back into it because it was fun. So I would definitely recommend giving that a try. Yeah. And I, there's, there's a lot of those locally too. I really should give it a shot. I, I have some friends that, uh, I, I have one particular friend that's a, an autocross nut, uh, from college who, who loves doing it. So, um, I think that's probably a good warm up to sort of, uh, try it out and then, and then one day go into the, the, you know, the actual racetrack or something like that. So. Yeah. And the M3, you might even be able to stay in first gear the whole time. Yeah. And take advantage, <laughs> take advantage of the 8,000 RPM. Right. Right. Yeah. No shifting involved. Yeah. Was there anyone specifically like any really interesting people you met this year um, at any of the shows? Like, you know, that you, you connected with or you heard a really unique story or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had a chance to meet the, uh, and his name escapes my mind, unfortunately, cause I'm just bad with, I mean, I, I feel like everyone's bad with names. Everyone says they're <laughs> bad with names, but I just didn't remember it. Uh, but it, it's the, the guy that works at Philadelphia McLaren. Um, he's the, the only F1 tech in the country. Uh, if I'm not, mm. I think he's the only one. So all McLaren F1s in the area, I think it might even be North America, uh, come to uh, McLaren Philadelphia to be worked on by him. So uh, it was really cool meeting him. Uh, he's, I would have, I didn't imagine he was like a younger guy. I, I, you know, he didn't, he was only, I believe, probably in his, you know, 30s, I would guess. Sure. Um, and he was just so, such a professional guy, so knowledgeable, um, you know, he told us some cool stories, you know, he would, you know, people would need to get their car fixed. They would send a private jet for him to hop on just to get out to their cars as soon as possible to work on them. And he would just bring a tool bag on the plane. I mean, it was just crazy. It was really cool to yeah. talk to him um, and just see the guy. I mean, I've, I've, I've read a handful of articles about, about him and seen stuff published. And, um, you know, it was cool. I, we, we were at the, uh, we were at the dealership for an event and, my friend was like, Oh my God, like that's him right there. And he was, you know, talking to people. So we just went up and, um, you know, we were just chatting with him and he, he was just such a cool guy. I mean, mm -hmm. very friendly, very personable, um, answered every question we had. Uh, so, and if you ever see the F1, I mean, I, I always see it on Instagram. People will spot the F1s on like 202 heading towards, uh, you know, the shop where they work on them. 
I haven't seen one yet, but it's always, I think it's, I'm pretty sure he's like the only guy that drives them too. So if you ever see one, it's probably him driving it. (laughs) Yeah. And I've, I've heard stories that like they, there's a, like a nineties era laptop that is the the scan tool and it's got a cable that doesn't work with any modern cables anymore. Um, I've heard rumors that they're trying to get like an adapter or something, but like, yeah, like the stories I've heard is there's one guy and he's got a computer that's 30 years old and it's probably like five inches thick, this laptop. (laughs) And, and it's got this cable that's so out of date. It's, it's crazy, but he's got job security for as long as these cars exist. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, for one, I do believe that laptop story is legit. I think he told us it's a, it's an ancient computer to work on them with. Um, and job security, absolutely. One, one thing I always thought, I was like, I, I can't imagine what type of contract he has with McLaren to not just make his own shop. And I mean, <laughs> that would be even crazier. Think of what what uh, what fees. He could charge whatever he wants. Exactly. So um, really crazy. And, you know, he was telling us a lot about how I mean, a lot of parts for those cars, I mean, you can't get them anymore. So I, I can't remember the specific part he gave as an example, but. Um, I mean, if you, if you, if something breaks on one of those cars or you need a new part, uh, it has to be, it's either irreplaceable or it has to be made from scratch using, you know, ancient blueprints at the McLaren factory somewhere. And they, yeah. you know, you're going to be paying, uh, an insane fee to have it made just a one-off for you. So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Have you seen Jay Leno's, um, F1 piece? I watched, I watched the, I haven't seen, did he do one on Jay Leno's garage where it was like, yeah. okay, I haven't watched that one, but I did watch the F1 review with him and Doug DeMuro. So maybe that's the one I'm thinking. I, I saw one recently. It's one of those two. They actually just went through the car and all the quirks and yeah. Jay Leno does that too. I know Doug like will get into all the quirks, but right. Jay Leno also knows like these random off the wall facts. Um, but it was really interesting to just look at all of the things, like the the ideas that they put into the car, like the storage spaces right. or, you know, you've got this to consider because you're sitting in the middle. And so you have a mirror on each side of your head instead of one in the middle. And um, it's just an interesting car all around besides oh, yeah. being unique in what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, really wild. I even mm-hmm. um, the designer of the F1, Gordon Murray, I watched a uh, podcast with him. Uh, I think it was the Smoking Tire podcast um, with Matt Farah. And I think mm-hmm. he was talking to Gordon Murray about, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but he's building a new, like the, the T50, the new car, like yeah. the V12 Cosworth engine that revs to like, you know, 12,000 RPM. And it's got this big, you know, turbine device that sucks it to the ground, the car. and But it's this, it's very similar. It has the three seat layout, the center cockpit and um hearing Gordon Murray talk about cars. I mean, the, the ideas he had and, you know, they talk about the F1 and and it's just, it's just amazing. I mean, that guy is a genius, uh, just a car genius. Uh, I mean, obviously the F1 is like considered probably the the greatest of all time, you know, mechanical automobiles in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, that car is just legendary. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The closest I'll ever get to driving one is definitely video games. And oh, yes. I do not enjoy driving them. I, <laughs> I've driven one a couple of times, and they were always really, like, twitchy. Yeah. <laughs> too too fast. You just have this crazy V12 that just wants to go. So Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think the one time there was this, like, it was a challenge where you were racing – on street tires in the rain on spa in an F1. Oh God. Yeah. Or that was the car that was leading the pack. Like there were other cars in it, but like the leader was 20 seconds out ahead and it was an F1. And I'm like, okay, well that's obviously the car that's going to win this. And so I tried and, but I didn't even get to a Rouge and I'm like, okay, this, <laughs> no, this, I, I just can't drive this car. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're probably wild to drive. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's, it's quite literally a road going race car. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what a, what a legendary car. It's cool that the, the dealership here has them in pretty frequently. Um, you know, I don't know if you've been to their cars and coffees event, but I've not, uh, you, sh- you should go if you get the chance. Um, they often have an F1 in service and they'll bring it out to the show. 
Um, they had a, a white one with a high downforce kit on it. So that was a really cool one to see a special car. Um, and then there was a, just a, you know, a normal quote unquote F1. <laughs> uh, but it was this like this beautiful, like sky blue color. Uh, it was yeah. an awesome, just an awesome car. I think that's a good way to, to end. Um, just to recap, Chris, we can re- find you on Instagram, Philadelphia at Philadelphia exotics, as well as, uh, on Facebook, there's a Facebook group there, yep. um, for car sightings, cruises to car events. And then what is your YouTube channel? The YouTube channel is SG freak 96. Uh, okay. big guitar fan, Angus Young. Okay. So that's the SG that his guitar. So that's where okay. that comes from. And what can we find there? Uh, just me either doing videos on my own car. So, I mean, you'll okay. find videos of, uh, all of the cars that I've mentioned here, the Cayman, the M3, the R8. Uh, if you want to see videos of those cars, you can find them there. Uh, and then, you know, every once in a while I'll do sort of a driving review of a car. I used to do that more frequently, something I'd like to get back into as well. Sure. Okay, cool. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing more, more content of that. Um, I enjoy driving reviews from, as many people as I can watch yeah. to just get different opinions and things like that. So um, everyone feel free to check them out there. And uh, I appreciate having you on Chris. It's been a great yeah. time talking Thank to you. you and me. I'm glad we didn't, we could find something besides Cayman's to talk about the whole time yeah. because <laughs> I'm sure the listeners would prefer not to listen to Cayman talk the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Maybe this is a good opportunity to uh, have a separate Cayman podcast. We could start. There you go. <laughs> Cool. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you later, Chris. All right. Take it easy. Thanks again for joining me. You can reach me by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at windingroadspodcast. Stay in touch. You can always ask me a question, recommend a guest, or just tell me what's on your mind. I look forward to hearing from you. Your feedback is also always appreciated, and I would love it if you could rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app of choice. Until next time, enjoy the drive.